R&B, hip-hop status, true more or less, jazz classical type hits, that's the side effect, yeah, but internationally loaned to play the best hits, independent radio spins, non-politic, filled with all types of advice, inspiration through the daily groove that bring moves, pumping straight flavor, Nicki Minaj and a Teddy Rally, so grab your champagne and vibe, meet you in the lobby, side effects of poor groupers, radio blast rise, from Monday to Wednesday, Thursday to Friday, 7 p.m. So keep it tuned on the fly day The side effect way or the highway 30 minute in they cool Wednesday That's Jag on the airway still The side effect way or the highway Call 323-784-9635 We live in effect with the side radio Hello world, welcome to another edition of the side effect radio show I am Sai, your host I want to thank you all for tuning in to the show tonight. I do appreciate you. I know you could have been anywhere else in the world, but you chose to hang out with me. And for that, I thank you. Tonight's guest, actually, today is the very last day of breast cancer awareness. And tonight's guest is Miss Julia Forbes. And she's going to be sharing her breast cancer story. So it's going to be inspirational for those of you that are going through uh, breast cancer and chemotherapy. Those of you who have family members that are going through um, chemotherapy, breast cancer diagnosis, I urge you to listen to this inspirational um, show tonight with Miss Julia Forbes. I'm reading at the statistics on breast cancer and it says about 39,620 women will die from breast cancer in 2013. It says breast cancer is the most common cancer among American women except except for skin cancers. About 232,340 new cases of invasive breast cancer will be diagnosed in women. About 64,640 new cases of carcinoma. And you know what? And is it three? Is it thirty-nine thousand six hundred and twenty women will die from breast cancer, and that does not have to be if you go to the doctor and get your yearly checkup. You don't have to die from breast cancer if it's found in time. I've had a couple of um, family members, aunts, who have passed away from breast cancer, and because of my strong history. In breast cancer, I've been actually getting mammograms. I'm 41 now, and or am I 42? I, I don't even remember how old I am sometimes. But I'm in. I'm 41. I lie so much about my age. <laughs> I'm 41. Blessed to still be here at 41, and I've been getting um, mammograms since the age of 25. Yearly mammograms since 25, because I I knew my risk of getting Breast cancer was pretty high, and I want to live. I want to live. Honey, I'll be checking my breast while driving in the car, checking my breast, <laughs> watching basketball wise, and loving hip-hop Atlanta. I just started feeling on myself, and my husband was like, oh, my God, really? You want to do that right here? I'm like, yeah, thinking about it, might as well do it. This one's okay. I'm doing it right now. Shoot, I'll be checking my breasts every five minutes like I take my cell phone. But on a serious note, you have to take care of yourself. You, not only for yourself, but for your family. 
You don't want to be a burden on your family because you decided that you didn't want to take care of yourself and go to the doctor and get your yield checkup like you, you're supposed to, like you need to. So I urge everyone, every woman, men too, to get your yearly checkup, get the mammograms, men get the prostate exam, and, and take care of your body so you can live and enjoy your grandkids and your great, 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 great grandkids. I know y'all probably think inside you crazy. Well, my music just ran out. I think I'm talking too much. But this is the Side Effect Radio Show, and we'll be right back with Miss Julia Forbes right after this. Hi, this is Miguel A. Nunez, Jr., Joanna Mann in the house, and you guys are listening to Side Effect Radio. Attention all aspiring comedians. Do you think you're funny? Do you have what it takes to be a comedian? Come out to the Green Room Actors Lounge, 25D Bennett Street, Atlanta, Georgia, 30309, and attend the Never Deny Improv class with comedian actor Mr. Rodney Perry. Every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. For more information, go to RodneyPerry.com or TheGreenRoomActorsLounge.com. See you there. Welcome to the Side Effect Radio Show. I have Miss Julia Forbes, and she's joining us today to share her breast cancer survivor story. Welcome to the Side Effect, Julia. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, and it's also a pleasure to have you. Have you still here above ground with us, girlfriend? Amen. (laughs) Now, you are now a breast cancer survivor. How long has it been since you were diagnosed? been two years now. Um, I was diagnosed in May, late May, early June of um, 2011. And how and when did you discover that, that there may be an issue going on? Well, um, I actually noticed um, some kind of lump in my right breast on about a month before I was supposed to go have my annual my woman's exam. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of brushed it off and left it alone, thought of it as calcification, which is um, just like a mass, a salted mass, a soft mass um, in the breast. And right. it was around the time in my cycle. So I was like, oh, well, it's nothing. Well, I went to my gynecologist. She felt the same thing. And she was like, um, this wasn't here a year ago, Julia. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I felt that last month, you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, it could be nothing, but, you know, I'm going to have you do a mammogram and set you up with a breast specialist. Um, that's when I knew, okay, well, this might be a little bit more serious than I thought. <laughs> right, right. And then, um, yeah, I got went through the process of the mammogram and the breast specialist, and that's when I found out. How did they break it to you? Was they, you know, because sometimes doctors, with me having lupus, I have to see a lot of different doctors, and a lot of them don't have any bedside manners. Mm. So, yes. How was your physician, and how did they break it to you that it could be cancer? Well, uh, the way I found out, well, I had the biopsy. The biopsy the results came back, and it actually the results went to my gynecologist and went to the breast specialist. Okay. Well, the breast specialist office called me that Friday and said, you know, we need you. We want you to schedule an appointment to come get your results. Mm-hmm. I didn't think anything really of it, and then. Um, I just scheduled the appointment for that Monday, and, you know, that was that. 
um, my gynecologist was the one that called me because we're we're pretty, you know, yeah, it's a, my gynecologist, but we're pretty, you know, she communicates with me very well. That's why I followed her to every office she went to. Mm-hmm. But um, she called me and she, you know, she said, Julia, I just got your results. And I was like, okay. Um, yeah, they called me to schedule an appointment. And she said, um, well, I don't know if you're comfortable with me telling. I said, if anybody else, you know, would, could tell me something, and, you know, good or bad news, I, yeah, I, you know, medically, of course, I would appreciate it. Right. So she told me, well, it is cancerous. And I said, oh, okay, um, all right. <laughs> it, it was, so she was, she was the right person. God placed it, the right person to tell That's me. good. Mm-hmm. Now, your initial reaction was, okay, shocked or okay how bad is it or okay now what it was now what mostly um initial shock of course um i had my pity party the day of Mm -hmm. and i say it loosely like that pity party not to you know oversight anything but for me if anyone knows me personally they know I take things seriously, but I'm not going to sit and dwell on it and and make it worse than it is. Um, So I did my pity party the day of, and then after that I was like, okay, let's do this. What do I need to do? How bad is it? Yeah, exactly, how bad is it? And, Mm -hmm. you know, what what do I need to do next? How did your family react to the diagnosis? You have kids, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, I have kids. well, they're now 19 and 16 at that time. They're um, 14, and my son had just turned 14, and my daughter um, 16. And um, my son took it better, um, and I thank God for being a, a, a Christian mom because everything flows to him. He's just like, well, I'm okay. I don't know. Nothing's going to happen to you because God's got this taken care of. That gave me, you know, more strength. And he just, you know, I was at his games, I, you know, I did everything still, you know, as much as I could and even through treatment. And he, he, he was just like, mm, my mom ain't going nowhere. Wow. <laughs> my, my daughter, yeah. though, yeah, I guess I don't know if it's because she's older or just the type of person she is. I think a mixture of both. But she took it the hardest, but she, she projected it worse. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually expressed to me that she shut down from me and kind of tried to push me away because if something happened, then it wouldn't hurt as bad. So wow. she had a she she had you know she had a hard time with it that I had to try to encourage her and remind her that you know it's me. Hello, <laughs> right? Yeah, my brother he was supportive. Um, my mother she. I tried to push her away every chance I got because she kept worrying me, and I'm like, I'm not going to worry about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she had like it was her. But again, she just felt like your child shouldn't be leaving before you. I'm like, I'm not dead. Right. <laughs> right. It's it's. I know it's hard, you know, and you're dealing with it your way, but and then your family members are dealing it dealing with it their way. So I know the mm-hmm. contrast. <laughs> of the emotional bearing behind everything was very difficult. How did you balance and how did you deal with everybody's emotions? Well, I definitely had to assure them that um, regardless of what the situation is, I'm here now and we just have to deal with now. Um, 
like I mentioned before, God took a hold on everything. When I say everything side, down to the day I was going into surgery, a nurse was like, do you mind if I pray for you? I cried then because <laughs> I, I was just like, this is nothing but God. And I mm-hmm. just con- he, he was always confirming to me that he's here. I've, all, I've carried you before. I've held your hand before and with any situation, good or bad, and this one's no different. And, you know, even when um, my first oncologist, he was, when you mentioned before, no bedside manner, um, that's why he was my first and never went back. Um, mm. He took it as, well, you're going to have this and you're going to have that and kept throwing the standard in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, with that that situation and, you know, throughout the rest of my treatment, I stuck to I am going to definitely trust God in this and I'm not going to let any physician or anyone in around me treat me like I'm just a standard and I'm going to take a hold of my situation and you know definitely guidance through God and make sure I I get the right treatment and I live longer Um, so the people around me like I said it was a great support um, from my church to family friends wanting to cry and I'm like you know you got to slow down (laughs) don't don't do that They don't understand when a person is dealing with disease, that's the last thing they want to do is talk about it constantly and have people right. feel sorry for them. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. I definitely don't want that. I mean, I I just did, you know, as much as I could, you know, uh, you know, to the extent that I could. And it wasn't, you know, I could still go to, like I said, I could still go to my son's games and still participate in what I need to do for my daughter, and those were important to me. Is there any breast cancer or any form of cancer in your family? <laughs> no. Wow. Yes, that's that's uh, and now I'm finding out that there are at least 30% of the women and men that are being diagnosed now have no family history of breast cancer. That's scary. Um so yeah, that is very scary out of the percentage that's, you know, the increase in percentage that's being diagnosed. Now you can't, they have to figure out where it's coming from, and, you know, I have my own ideas. (laughs) What form of cancer did you have, and what was your overall treatment? Um, Mine was classified. I had a type um, 2A, um, which is they broke it down into a bracket. Um, B would have been a little worse than the A, Mm-hmm. Um, and closer to a type 3, of course, proceeding to a type 4. Um, but mine was a 2A carcinoma, um, and it was led by, it was estrogen-led. Um, and it was um, in my ducts, my milk ducts, mm-hmm. which explains why I couldn't breastfeed much when I had my children, but it stemmed from there. And my and, treatment, mm-hmm. my treatment was... Um, I did radiation first. No, didn't do radiation first. Did surgery first, had a lumpectomy. Um, then I had uh, uh, chemotherapy. And instead of having ex- uh, six months of, ther- of uh, chemotherapy, I ended up having about four months. Um, 
and there's three drugs that they give you, and one of the drugs I opted not to take. And then I had radiation afterwards, and currently I'm on tamoxifen, um, mm-hmm. and only the breast cancers that have the estrogen-led um, uh, cancer actually take the estrogen, the um, tamoxifen, and okay. that's going to be for five years that I take that pill every day for five years. <laughs> now, what is your overall prognosis after the surgery and the radiation? Is there a chance that it could return, or you're pretty much out of the woods? Well, being Julia, um, <laughs> after I have the radiation and the chemo and everything, I was supposed to start my tamoxifen. Mm-hmm. But um, I miss all world natural, and I'm like, I don't need that tamoxifen, and I'm just going to eat right and do what I need to do. And Right. Well, I did that, and um, the breast cancer actually showed up in my bone, in my neck and my hip um, last year, wow. um, the, December of last year. And so um, that kind of taught me a lesson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um because my oncologist's first thing was, oh, you didn't start the tamoxifen, so that kind of um, hindered that reoccurrence. Um, when I was initially told about my my plan of treatment and why I needed to take the tamoxifen, it stayed, they stated that it would be a 30, no, 17% chance of reoccurrence if I took the tamoxifen. Um, so now that I'm on it... Um, I don't abide by those words, but, you know, by the healing that I am healed and that God is my healer. Right. But, of course, I have to do in my, in the in the physical also, in the natural, and be obedient and take the tamoxifen. So mm-hmm. chances after that I, I have a survival, um, I have a survival longer than would have anticipated and uh, less reoccurrent. Now, the bone cancer that showed up last year, did you have to go through any treatment for it, or was it just simply take the medication? Oh, no, I had to do radiation again. Okay. Um, and because it was in my neck, oh, that was worse than the chemotherapy. Because <laughs> oh. the rays went through my throat, and I couldn't eat for three weeks. <laughs> Yeah, it was just so uncomfortable, but, hey, I made it through that, too. I'm just at a loss for words right now. You've been through so much, and you are still here. God make no mistakes, that I know for sure. Amen. What is your overall prognosis with the bone cancer? How are you doing with that right now? Well, mentally, I'm just like every nook and every pain and every something that happens, I'm just like, oh, please tell me it's not back. Um, and so I try to take that that mental fear away and remember, you know, who my healer is and just mm-hmm. remember and do what I need to do in the natural. Um, but as far as the bone cancer part, um, as long as I did do the radiation and take the tamoxifen, I should be all right. I just need to continue to do, um, I need to do, one more um, PET scan, which is the full body scan, mm-hmm. and um, and just keep up with my oncologist and follow up. Now, how are you feeling overall today? Um, 
I'm good. I'm able to still work and go back to work. And well, I was going back to work when I was doing chemo, mm-hmm. but um, better. Um, it's a little tiring sometimes, and you know, with the side effects of the tamoxifen, I try not to see them as you know extreme side effects because it could be worse. I could be still or going back to do chemotherapy. Um. But I'm I'm doing good. I just make sure I, I I eat right, which desserts and sugar doesn't help. But that's besides the point. <laughs> that's <a whole> other story. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I just try to eat right. I definitely when I start slacking on exercising, I definitely have to be like Julia. You need to get back on that regimen and so exercise eating right taking my tamoxifen every day um mm-hmm. definitely keeping the stress away because i know that's another thing that was um that kind of sparked that because i was going through a lot work and home stress right and right that kind of ate it all up and sometimes, you know, when we say we have to keep away from stress, sometimes that's easier said than done because life exactly. happens. Exactly. Especially as women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how how has this changed your view on life today, Julia? It hasn't changed a whole lot. I not let me not say it that way. Um Life is very precious. Um, At the time that I was diagnosed, um, the same year one of my girlfriends passed away of breast cancer. Um, Mm -hmm. Hers was at a stage four, and she had a family history, and she actually was going through, you know, she put herself, she took care of herself. I mean, she took care of her son. Her son was going through a... um, uh, heart problems, and so he needed to transplant, and they were trying to get things, you know, approved, and military wouldn't pay for it, and then finally, you know, things came. Once it settled down, he had his um, transplant. That's when she um, she was, her body just finally said, look, <laughs> I'm here. And so it went, she went fast. Wow. Um, so with that, I, I, could not I had to make sure yes, I have my children, I love them dearly, but I have to take care of me and and I have to not stress so much and mm-hmm. I I just really need to see things for what it is. I see people, you know, of course people are different. <laughs> They're special. <laughs> That's all <laughs> that <laughs> So people in my life, I think I distanced myself during that time, um, not in hate or anything like that, but just I can't have you in my life. I have to distance myself from you type of attitude. And definitely um, my eating habits, I had to change. And um, But life, life is precious. It's not, you know, tomorrow's not promised, and, and people take that that statement lightly, but it's not. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Not only tomorrow is not promised, but the next minute is not promised. Right, right. You know, and I commend you. I mean, you've been through so much, and I commend your spirit. You're, you're still, gosh, I can't even find the words to describe 
<laughs> you're, thank you're inspiring. You're you're just a light. You're a light. Thank you. And I I appreciate you coming on this show, and and sharing your story. I know it's it's a difficult thing to do, especially when it's personal. And and you're a lot like me because we've talked off the air mm-hmm. before, and you know you're private. Mm-hmm. And it's <laughs> difficult to share so much of yourself when you're private, and I understand that. And I thank you for you know giving me the opportunity to speak with you and sharing your story with my listeners. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I just thought you know what the listeners don't know is that um, uh, we actually discussed doing um, this interview around the time, not too long after diagnosis and treatment, but I just, and I was, you know, oh, yay, let's go. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. But now I feel like it's 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 time. It was time. I believe everything happens and it's time. And um, that's why I didn't rush you. I knew when you were ready, you would reach out. And, you know, I, I wasn't worried about you not doing it. I knew you would come, but it's <laughs> on your time, on your time, and I respect you for that. Thank you. What would you like those that are listening and afraid to get tested? Because, you know, I hate going to the doctor, you know, because they always find in stuff. You know, when you go when something wrong, they don't find out what's going on. But when you go mm-hmm. for just a regular visit, they always finding things. It's like, <laughs> can you fix what I came in for instead of finding stuff? <laughs> but, like taking your car to the um, mechanic. <laughs> exactly, exactly. What would you say to those that are afraid to go to the doctor and get tested, both men and women, because men are prevalent to um, getting breast cancer as well? Yes, they are, and there is a increase, increase in number. And um, uh, you mentioned that you're afraid to, you don't like to go to the doctor. I love going to the doctor. <laughs> well, I need to go because, with you. Because I, I don't, go. I mean, I guess because I, I I'm in the medical field, so I know mm-hmm. how to handle those doctors, and they're my favorites to train. So okay. I, I just handle them <laughs> and tell them what, what I want and what I don't want. <laughs> See, there you go. Well, then um, I'm going to need you to go to the doctor for a meeting. Go in my no, place, please. Your body. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, most, and it's said that most men don't like to go to the doctor, and um, that's why, um their uh, prostate cancer was, had an increasing rate at one point, mm-hmm. but now not only do do they have to um, keep up with their exams because of prostate cancer, but also because of breast cancer, and it's harder to to find it than you know in a woman. But for men and women, I would say definitely. I mean, fear. It's it's not even an option. Get that word, F-E-A-R, out of your mind and do what you need to do. Do your annual checkups and definitely do your self-breast exams. Um, don't, yeah, we might be ignorant like I was and say, oh, it might not be nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might not be nothing, but you need to know for sure that it's nothing. Right. Um, definitely do your self-breast exams. Go to your, um, go to your, um, your appointments, your annuals every year, and we all know, and I know more women than men, 
We know our body. Yes, we do. You know when something's not right. You know when something's changed. You know if if the lump doesn't even show, you know, wait a minute, I'm more tired than I am. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, something's just, just, when you say something is just not right, something is just not right. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Just pay attention to your bodies. And um, even now they're saying, well, they used to say, I don't know if they're going to change it yet, but if you have it in your family history, make sure you start having your breast exams at the age of 30. The year I was diagnosed, a 26-year-old was diagnosed and a 30-year-old was diagnosed, and neither of them had it in their family history. So it's not just, it's not timed anymore. It's just coming. And it doesn't matter if you're 2 or 6 or 40 or 30, it's coming. So you have to pay attention to your body. Do your breast exams. Just know, know what you know what you know. And that's what I tell, I try to tell everyone. You know, watch what you eat, too, because a lot of the stuff, the stuff they feed the pigs and the, the the cows and the horses and whatever you eat and the deers, <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it's in those meats and it's in those fruits and vegetables. And you, you just don't be ignorant. That's all I want to tell everyone. Just don't be ignorant. How can people um, connect with you in cyber world? I know you're in sports. Um, yeah. <laughs> tell us about that real quick and, and give us your Twitter handle and all that stuff. Well, I am sports mom. I was an athlete back <laughs> in the day. I was cheer coach, team mom, everything. I love sports. Go Florida State. Um, <laughs> and I love sports. I mean, uh, I can't even tell you much about it. Um, I've tried to keep up with my sports blog, but... Um, With so much going on, I definitely haven't written as much as I I should, and I definitely have my opinions on different things that's going on now. Mm -hmm. Um, But I try to keep up with my Twitter as much as possible, whether it be, you know, my son playing sports and I do um, what's called um, Mom in in Sports uh, little section um, every now and then. But I definitely try to... um, support all my followers and and repost and if they're doing um, things like what you're doing, Sai, and, you know, um, bringing people in into awareness of different things and um, and entertainment and anything I try to support. But um, on Twitter, I am 4-F-O-R-B-E-E-S four, four in sports. And to reach me anywhere else, I am on Facebook. Um, I'm kind of closed off on that one, but uh, you can search me at jforbes7, www.facebook.com, slash jforbes, F-O-R-B-E-S, 7. And um, email, I'm even open to email at um, 4bsinsports at gmail.com, and that's F-O-R-B-E-E-S-I-N-S-P-O-R-T-S at gmail.com. Fabulous, fabulous. Thank you for all your support with the Side Effect Radio Show, Julia. And um, always, thank you for sharing your story. I want to wish you great health and success in all you do. Stay healthy now, okay? 
I sure will. Thank you so much for the opportunity, and I you know, pray and hope that everyone um, receives, even if it's one person, receives any information I have given today. Thank you all for hanging out with me on the Sayafek Radio Show tonight. If you're on Instagram and Twitter, follow your girl at I am Sai. Also, like the Sci Effect Radio Show fan page on Facebook under the Sci Effect. And if you'd like to be a guest on the Sci Effect Radio Show, email me at info at the Sci Effect Radio Show dot com. Until next time, continue to spread peace and love. Mwah.